It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What is going on, everybody? My name is Cutter Dollar. Welcome to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's For Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how is it going? When are we ever going to talk about, like, Citizen Kane on this show? <laughs> like, it's everything to do with film, so... Yeah, it that's is a everything. Film. But I like to keep it in a box and make it sound make us sound smart, because there's so many films I haven't seen, so I avoid <laughs> them. There's so many films I haven't seen, and by right, I should have seen mm. by now. Yeah, why do you think we've talked about Die Hard for the last 32 weeks in a row? It's because <laughs> I'm staying in my niche! It's just like, if I lock it down to the narrowest subject matter, I am a genius. People listen, like, they never talk about any actual movie news not related to Die Hard. And you'd be surprised how many stories are tenuously related to Die Hard. (laughs) Very, very loosely. Um, So yeah, this is Movie Monday, Sean, and it has been a jam-packed week of movie news, is what I would say. Full of jam! It's full of jam. Um, Unfortunately, we are once again not in the same room together, but the time is getting closer that we will be allowed to maybe meet up and we're going to do an episode together, like old times. Like, oh, it's going to be... You, lads, I can't wait for 2023. Yeah, Let me tell you. I already have it marked out in my calendar. <laughs> December 31st, 2023. <laughs> so they said I was mad to do calendars till 2025. I said no. It'll come in handy. I said, there's a market for it. <laughs> um, so we're starting off this week with a certain thing that there might not be a market for, Sean. I'm glad you said that. Because mm. we're starting Movie Mondays this week with the news that Mulan is coming to Disney+, Plus, but only for people that will pay an extra $30 to watch the movie. Now, Steep, Sean, there's, there's been a lot of talk this week because, of course, Mulan was meant to come out um, I think it was August. No, it might have been late July, so maybe last week or the week before. Um, 
And, of course, it got pushed back because of the global bastard that is going on. <laughs> um, but, but, like, I think now they've decided video on the man might be the best way to do this. Now, that's fair enough. Disney own yeah. everything. They can put it on their channel. The $30 extra, they say... Once you pay the $30, you get to watch the movie as many times as you want. It's not a rental. But at the same okay. time, how many times are you going to watch Mulan if you pay $30 for it? I can only assume at least 30 times. That, a dollar a time, that classic yeah. movie-making rule. <laughs> exactly. But um, well, I don't know because... Maybe it's because there's no precedent for this, but I don't know what like my sweet spot is for that. Because I would pay... How much does it cost to buy a f- like download a film like from iTunes or Google or whatever like fourteen fifteen euro? Does it depend on how much or how long ago the movie came out? You can buy some movies on YouTube as well, like some really bad ones. I'm pretty sure I seen Fantastic Four from 2005 there for like four ninety nine. I'm like already that have is it on robbery. DVD, buddy. <laughs> what what kind of market is going on <laughs> that someone's like? I cannot wait another second. I have to buy this on YouTube now. I have to watch it instantly. I'll pay yes. anything. Oh, that's reasonable. Four ninety nine, Jesus. But like thirty quid for a new release. What's that? Like three cinema tickets, really? Yeah, I, I would but say on, on average, yeah, your... it'd be ten, maybe eight, nine euro for a cinema ticket. So ten dollars around that. Yeah, and Disney Plus is seven quid a month. Yes. So you're all in, you're close to 40 quid to watch Mulan and everything else that's on Disney Plus, to be fair. But mm. I see they, they were adamant that they weren't going to put Mulan on it because it was going to do so well in China for them. Yeah, that is true. I think it, they're now being like, oh, we'll release a video on demand and also in theaters in some areas. But I think once it goes on the video on demand, there's no point. Did it, yeah, once it's on video on demand it's everywhere and it yeah, doesn't cost 30 euro yeah once it's on the internet it's it might as well be public domain honestly <laughs> well my, once it's an there's an mp4 file of this thing that's all even the audio it doesn't matter people will put that up somewhere it, oh like it'll be everywhere by <laughs> yes. the end of the day after it comes out exactly um now this is like this is legitimately the biggest movie that's ever gone straight to digital I, I'd, I'd be fairly confident in saying because we've had Troll, like, Trolls Scoob, I mean that's uh, Trolls big. World Tour thank you yeah sorry yeah no absolutely <laughs> and Scoob as well and but this is the first one with kind of a more broad appeal the others were targeted very much towards children I think whereas yeah, Milan and, has and a much I think wider children audience are a more accessible market for these video on demands because if you're a parent and you have one of these, you're like, just put the movie on and it'll, enjoy, it'll, it'll entertain the kids for two hours. Exactly, and if you're someone who has two or three kids, you know, <laughs> again, you get them to the cinema, buy the tickets, buy the suites and you pay the parking. You know, 30 quid doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, it's, I think it's because me and you would probably go and just get our ticket, so it seems like a lot. But I suppose the idea would be, if you're going as a family to watch Milan, you would spend $30 anyway. So their logic is, well, you're going to be spending it anyway if you went with more than one person, or if more than one person went to see this film. Because once you get it on your Disney+, Plus, anyone in, the, in that house can watch it, technically. But yeah. at the same time, I think just $30... Like, just as a figure, is it just looks bad in this case. 
It does look really bad, especially when you look at what else you can get for $30. Like, that that's four months of regular Disney Plus, if you want to add it up like that. It's two months of Netflix, depending yeah. on your plan. Like, there's a lot of value in 30 quid when when it comes to streaming entertainment. And whether you want to blow that all on a movie, that honestly sounds like a maybe you watch it once a year if you're a big fan. Yeah, like even once a year. Like, I don't know if... Like, Mulan, the animated movie, is one of my favourites. But I wouldn't say, oh, I'm watching that once a year, no matter what. Yeah, and... You know, it it only... That uh, privilege, if you want to call it that, of having the movie on demand to watch whenever you want. Like, that's not going to be as valuable in a year when Mulan comes to regular Disney Plus for streaming. And they actually did, um, I know polls are kind of just a thing, but they did two polls on Variety, anyway, was one of them. And they asked audience members, were they interested in taking the deal for $30 extra to get Mulan exclusively? And close to 90% of the respondents said no. No, <laughs> so, yeah, I believe that. I don't that. know. Like, the thing is, I would, I would split that cost with someone. Like, say, I, if, if this had happened when... Say I was locked down in the house I lived in in college with four other people. Mm. We, I, it probably would have been like, here, we'll all throw in six quid and then we can watch it. And it'll, you know, it'll, be an, it'll be an evening. It'll be something to do while we're in lockdown. But now, it'd, like, I'm just spending 30 quid to watch Milan. Because everybody's <laughs> at home anyway. Like, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, you can't. You have no other option. But I, I, um, I want I, like this is going to be a big moment in terms of if this does well with this business model, we could see other stuff come to Disney Plus or Netflix or HBO Max or whatever you want. We could see, you know, a lot of movies haven't come out that should have come out by now. Mm. So this would be an avenue to kind of redirect them, I guess, until you can properly release them. But at the same time, it could also be a complete, like, just cancellation of the whole idea. Like, yeah. if this movie comes out and nobody buys it, then they're going to... Then every other cinema studio, or every other studio, will be very scared to adopt this model. Yes, and, like... I, they'll probably... I think there, there might be enough just, like, buzz and interest that people will say, ah, here, sure, we'll do it. But I don't think you're going to get you know, opening weekend box office kind of money. Actually, did you uh, hear that Disney Plus reached their five-year goal for global subscribers in the first eight months? Jesus. Of of it being on. Which sounds amazing, but I would venture a guess that most people listening to this, myself included, when Disney Plus first came out, we watched it for two weeks. And I feel like I have not gone back onto Disney Plus that often since. That's true, and I also feel that uh, seven quid is like they're just the right amount where it's I'll keep it for another month and see. I might watch Recess next month. Oh, they have all the Lilo and Stitch <laughs> uh, <laughs> cartoon on there. <laughs> yeah, I love that specific cartoon on a movie. Like it, it is baffling because there's so much content on there, but. I just I, I have no drive to watch any of it like until I do. 
Yeah, it's very, very strange. So I'm just I'm just interested to see where this Mulan thing goes because, as you said, it is very much... This could set the precedent for something that happens in the future. Like, if this does well, we could see more films going to video on the bad because Trolls... What was it called? Trolls World Tour? Trolls 2 World Tour, yeah. I mean, that was everyone's... That was as big as the Avengers Endgame. So <laughs> when you think about it, like, you, you have that... And then you have this Mulan movie, which I would say is probably more of a, a family-friendly movie. It would have made a lot more money if it had come out in the cinema. So it's interesting to see when you actually have a big movie that they were probably expected to make, I don't know, maybe $700 million when it first yeah. came out. Um, let's see how much downloads it gets, how much more interest there is in this movie. Um, do do you think this is how New Mutants is going to break a profit, in that we'll have to pay €30 Euro to see it? <laughs> No, because only, the only person paying $30 is you. Yeah, and I've done it a hundred times. <laughs> you would just buy it repeatedly on all of your friends' Disney Pluses. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, know, you need this. You really uh, need it, guys. Are you insinuating I have 100 friends, Connor? Because that oh, is would not never. true. I, I would never. <laughs> I so am I just difficult went- to be around. <laughs> Um, we're going to move on to our next piece of news and this is something that has kind of given me a bit of hope Sean um, a certain Hope's movie a coming thing. out yeah, I know that's, and especially with this, what the next thing I'm going to say DC Warner oh. Brothers oh. a bit of hope you know where this is going Well, this Superman is, no <laughs> the S is hope the, S the suicide hope. the suicide squad Ah. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Uh, James Gunn, it was his birthday this week, or I think it was last week, um, and he came out and he has said that he can confirm 100% that The Suicide Squad has zero studio interference and that it is all him who has created this movie. Sean, is this a director saying this, or is this James Gunn... Would they let James Gunn be James Gunn? Because we know Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. He's pretty good at what he does, but Warner Brothers have a history of not being good with good directors. Yeah, I I feel... I think the way James Gunn makes his movies, I think the studio could have said, oh no, we want this. And James Gunn would have done lip service and then like, yep, yep, we'll, we'll take that under consideration. And then as soon as he walked out of that meeting room, he tore up his notes and then he walked through them like a cloud of perfume. <laughs> With his, his eyes were closed and his hair was up, like flowing yeah. in the winds. The wind yeah. machine kicked on. And oh, it was very weird. Who, who's turning on that wind machine in these offices? It's very strange. I just have to air the place out every now and again. But air the place out. It is. It's. It's a very interesting. Like, I. I. Not even strategy, but it's. That's the closest word I can think of for what I'm trying to say. Is that it's an interesting strategy, and in that he's come out and said like, "Hey, this one. This problem you've had with every single DC movie. My one doesn't have that problem. <laughs> I also, guarantee it. Also, it's a very interesting uh, strategy to come out against the studio making the movie to be like, guys. The guys making it had nothing to do with it. That means That's it's it. got to be good. <laughs> yeah, like when a studio has like negative credibility, <laughs> it's not a good. It's not a good uh, place for your stu- your movie making studio to be. Now, now I know that you are a Marvel shill, a Marvel fanboy. You were on the payroll, which absolutely. I mean, 
I really wish you'd give me a bit of what you're getting here. But oh no, I pay to work there. <laughs> you pay, you pay I to... pay everyone else's wages. <laughs> Just put up with me, please. Let me <laughs> Just stay let me hang around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I said to you that the next movie let's just say we have news coming up on Captain Marvel later on Captain Marvel 2 if Ooh. I said the director of Captain Marvel 2 came out and said that the Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige had 0% interference in the movie would you be optimistic or pessimistic about that movie? I oh well like look at all the movies that Kevin Feige hasn't had a hand in they're yeah. all shit Every movie, Citizen Kane. (laughs) There you go. There's your Citizen Kane talk, everyone. It's shit. It's too long and objectively dull. It's just blah, blah, blah. Get into colour. This is all black and white. (laughs) Wizard of Oz was in (laughs) colour. Um, I think it's interesting, as you said, like, Warner Bros. has such bad press that the idea that James Gunn gets to come out and say they are not involved in this excites me as a viewer yeah like it is maybe it's you know because of the whole like Snyder cut and Zack Snyder being like no this is this is the movie I wanted to make maybe they're and and that Warner Brothers have now seen the positive fan by and large positive fan reaction to that they're doing their usual Warner Brothers thing of let's just say the things that the fans like to hear James, you're you're popular on Twitter. <laughs> you're down with the kids, James. <laughs> I remember reading something about you and tweets <laughs> recently. <laughs> and I think it was very positive, James. So tell me, how exactly do you connect with the youths? How do you get that social media clout? <laughs> oh, well, we like to... Uh, ooh, we, we don't like the man. So what if we, like, pretended... Wink. Yeah. That you yeah. guys were the man. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Huh? What about that? Huh? huh? And then they're all just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe people might think that we don't know how to make movies anymore. <laughs> all old white guys in suits. No, I think we know what we're doing. I'm pretty <laughs> what, positive. What you should tweet is... <laughs> <laughs> I have some ideas on politics. That's what you should tweet, James. <laughs> yeah, and they just the whole situation starts again. <laughs> I just think that James Gunn is one of those directors that the, when he says this, it carries a lot more weight. Like, the studio has zero interference because this means we are getting a James Gunn Suicide Squad, which is very different to a Warner Brothers James Gunn Suicide Squad. Now, as we've mentioned, he could just be saying this because it's lip service. He's trying to sell the movie in a weird strategy to be like, the studio's not involved, so that means it has to be better. I don't know what that meant. He actually didn't have any of the benefits of working with a massive studio, and he made it in his back garden on his phone. <laughs> on his phone, just like, John Cena, do something cool. Lift somebody up. John, I can't see you. John! Um, no, I just think that James Gunn saying this gives me so much positivity for this movie when I shouldn't because the first Suicide Squad is terrible. But James Gunn is one of my favourite directors and if he just does what Guardians of the Galaxy has, if he just tries to... It's hard to capture that in a bottle. But just the same vibe and put them in a DC property. I mean, Mm. surely this has to make a billion dollars. Easy. I mean... It depends when it comes out, really, doesn't it? Like if if it Next comes out week. 
Next is it coming out next week? <laughs> next week, yeah. It doesn't look good. I'll be honest. It's a no from me, dog. <laughs> what do you mean by it depends when it comes out? Like, it, it, you know, if this is if this comes out when we're still in hashtag Verona, yeah. um, the bastard, then, the bastard, the bastard that's around the world. Um, it's like people aren't physically aren't going to be able to get out and see it. Likewise, if it comes out just when we're starting to get out of the bastard, uh, people would be maybe a bit too cautious and might not go to the cinema to see it. Uh, but if this comes out like the summer, maybe six months after people are like, ah, it's all grand, then this will make a bajillion dollars. And I also will say that the DC fandom is happening on the 22nd of August. So that's like their big thing. They were not at Comic-Con this year. And so DC are throwing it all into the fandom. In the react- They have all the directors for all the properties going to be there. All the actors. So it's going to be a massive situation where they will be releasing a lot of trailers. So I don't know. It's the, it's the 10th today. So 12 days from now will be that. And that is a Saturday. So that Monday, I feel like we will be heavy on DC trailers. About Um, time. It's about time. But they will be releasing everything. He was asked whether it's going to be PG-13 or R-rated. He said you'll have to wait for the fandom. But I think it probably will be PG-13. I don't know if they're brave enough to go full R-rating with James Gunn. I mean, it might be cool for a Suicide Squad movie. But PG-13 will make more money. Yeah, and PG-13, you can have more, uh, like, branding and things around it and more merchandise. Mm. You know, like, you can do the Suicide Squad Lego set. And the so. se- and as always, the cast for this movie is completely insane. If you don't know the cast for James Gunn. So you've got James Gunn directing it, who he says he has written and directed the movie by himself. No interference. You also have Viola Davis, one of the best actors working in the world. Yeah. Uh, you've got jo- Joel Kinnaman, who's not one of the best actors Likewise. in the world. <laughs> okay. Jai Courtney, the best actor working in the world. The best actor um, in Avatar, maybe. The best actor in Avatar who's not in it. You have <laughs> Margot Robbie. You've got um, John Cena, Idris Elba, David... I'm going to butcher this man's name. Dashal... Oh, no. Dashmalshin... Um, Taika mm-hmm. Waititi is in it Pete Davidson is in it Peter Capaldi, Nathan Fillion and even more people it is going to be out next year August 6th, 2021 oh, might be might be a decent time for it to come out so it's nearly, yes. it's coming out a year basically from from now a year from this week, yeah okay, pretty good I'll, look yeah. for, I'll pencil that into the calendar yeah, <laughs> our, <laughs> our five year calendar <laughs> of course, you got to flick through so many pages just to get to next year. It's like reading the Bible. <laughs> Not really. No, I've, oh, I, did I have a different edition uh, of the Bible you, to everyone else? Have you Mine read was just squares. The oh, yours is just squares. Mine was I a just maths copy book. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got you to do maths. Yeah. You'll go to hell if you don't. Irish Christian schools are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking find the square root of Jesus. Go on there now. Fair play to you. <laughs> um, so, um, moving on from Irish Christian schools. Please. Um, we're, we're moving on to X Men, the animated series. There is a possibility. 
that there will be a revival for the X-Men the animated series at Disney for the Disney Plus streaming service. Sean, how are you feeling about this? Ooh, I don't know. It, on the one hand... It's going to be a nightmare to sync that up. Um, True. <laughs> I, I think that the original X-Men series kind of exists in this beautiful time where everything lined up right to make that as good as it is. And it's yes. also dumb and fun. And I don't think it will be made the same way again. But at the same time, it's also, like, so comic accurate. Like, they do the full Phoenix saga in the fucking show. Yeah, and it's amazing. And, like... Yeah. The the art is so good. and even But it was made for, like, no budget as well. Mm. Um... Like and I know we are like in an animation renaissance at the minute, and animation is, as we were talking a couple of weeks ago, it's a very, uh, like it's very feasible to do it, given the way that we all have to work from home and everything like that now, you know. But I think if you make it, it has to be spot on to the original because otherwise people are gonna not like it. I think or that is true. But I, I, you go on. Look, uh, I was just going to say, I know you are a big fan of the Young Justice reboot. Not reboot, True. but continuation that they made. And DC's animation side is doing amazing stuff. Amazing comic accurate stuff as well. Mm. Um, like the Harley Quinn show even is great. So, like, and but, that's, that is very Harley Quinn. Like, but it, uh, what I find is animated shows are great ways to introduce characters. Like, it's just a great way to introduce to a whole new generation. Like, why do I like Batman? And on the most basic level is because of Batman the Animated Series was my first thing. And I was like, oh, Batman is pretty cool. And, like, people who watched the Spider-Man series in the 90s and the X-Men series, they were all like, jeez, these characters... You remember waking up being like, wow, these are cool. So it would be... It's strange to me why they don't reboot these every 10 years, no matter what. And just, like, throw another series, another generation of kids. Because what you're doing there is just getting them early to be comic book fans. That's true. And, and it's interesting that, the, like, there are some characters they have done that with. They did that with uh, Spider-Man. There's a bajillion and, Spider-Man. And Batman, yes. And Batman. And after, I think, 2012, the Avengers and even the Guardians got, like, animated shows based around... And, the- um, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's always a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated show on your television screen from the last 30 years. No matter what kind of type it is, there's always reruns or something. Yeah, and it's just, it's just this kind of gateway, as you are saying. Just You're getting them early and you're just being like, oh, I think that's cool. I'm going to buy into that in a big way. So, um, in a way, if hmm. I was to be cynical, would the X-Men, the animated series, coming to Disney Plus as a reboot, a revival, be a good way to introduce the X-Men in the MCU in a very loose way? You know, like, it's 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 not a bad shout, honestly. Um, and because a lot of people's... Like, I, I could say it, I'm, like, my parents, I'm sure, like... X-Men, and they would think Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, uh, Hugh Jackman, you know, like, that's the X-Men to them, but, uh, you know, having this wider world and doing a big marketing push could be a good, like you said, a good way to introduce them, but then you have to deal with people, you know, how to, like... 
if it's not like the cartoon, if the way they're introducing the film universe isn't the same as the cartoon, do you think there'll be like a disconnect there for people? Oh yeah, I, sp- I suppose yeah, and and people, I think people are forgiving. I think lots of people, if you love some, they're forgiving on the internet. And they'll let them do whatever they want. Patient, I believe. (laughs) Patient. They'll be like, let's see how it plays out. Let's not judge straight away. Um, I just think if they did the same thing, as you said, Young Justice is a great uh, just alternative to that. But if you do something like that where it's aimed at people who are 12 and up, like 12 to whatever rather than aiming at younger audience. Like, that's what Young Justice kind of got kicked off the television show for, that it was mm. actually bringing in too much of a, a larger age demographic than what they were aiming for. But if you go for that, and you have, you're on Disney+, Plus, you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, even have a scene where someone says, fuck Batman, in the X-Men, the animated series, if you want, May- go maybe for don't, it. Maybe leave that one out. <laughs> I don't think but I, I just think uh, it's an interesting concept, because Larry Houston, who's one of, he was the original producer for the series, he has said that he's in semi-retirement at the minute, but he, he has the whole crew who worked on the old one would be willing to come back for the revival. Oh, revival. that's interesting. Yes. Because there are people who actually care about it. Like, and they would not want to do it half arsed. No. Like, oh, that's that's quite... That's interesting now. Because I was just thinking it would be a cash-in. Just being like, here, we'll remake this. And there, there's our new X-Men series. But if yeah. it's actually, like, people who give a shit, that's interesting. And and all the voice actors were at Comic-Con, or Wizard World, sorry, uh, last year. And they said they would all love to do it as well and come back. So it would be a full-on revival rather than a recast. Now, you'd probably have to recast one or two parts, sadly, if people have passed away in the past 30 years or whatever. But I think, on the whole, a lot of them seem very positive about coming back. And it would be a great way to reintroduce the X-Men characters in a Disney environment rather than a Fox environment. Yeah, like, who who was the studio associated with the original... uh animated series um, it might have been Marvel before they sold the X-Men rights off I think they, they sold X-Men off in the 90s but I don't know when right okay uh, sorry I've I've done a Google Connor okay uh, so it was Saban Entertainment oh yeah but, like, uh, it was the same guys who do uh... sorry go ahead I said it was the same guys that do um, Power Rangers is that not Saban yeah, the like Super Sentai stuff. Yeah, um, but uh, it was it was broadcast on Fox Kids. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So, so you bring and I think it's just a gr- it's a good way to introduce these characters to a whole new generation. Why not? If you have your own streaming service, bring it in. Um, we're gonna have to move on though, Sean, because we we don't have time. We've got too much news. Oh god, Not that's, that's an odd problem to have. Too much news. We're moving on to Star Trek. Now I know you're a massive nerd, you're a geek, you're a bit of a freak. And mm-hmm. so you're into this kind of stuff, aren't you? You know uh, all the Klingons. Beep boop boop boop, oh, you know that. I don't like any of it. But I I'm just telling you, Sean. Nothing about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> there are three different Star Trek scripts being considered to reboot the fledgling movie franchise. So this is re- a reboot of the, the Chris Pine reboot? 
the reboot of the Chris Pine reboot, yes. There are three different scripts being bandied about, and they have not chosen one in a way to push the, the movie franchise forward. This is at Paramount, and Deadline is reporting that uh, the motion picture group president, Emma Watts, basically has to decide between all these different scripts that will send the script, that will send the movie franchise in different directions. Okay, how many different directions? Um, I can only assume multiple. I can more oh, than God. one. I'm not ready. <laughs> I can't do it. So, the first of the three scripts belongs to writer-director Noah Howley, who served as executive producer, writer, director, and showrunner on FX's Emmy-winning limited series Fargo. It was Ooh. recently announced that Watts has put the brakes on the project with a desire to achieve greater clarity on where the franchise is headed before moving forward. If the project gets the go-ahead, um, it will see Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carol Urban and Zoe Saldana returning to the USS Enterprise. So I think that scene is just a direct sequel. Okay. So it's... Yeah. So everything that happened already happened. Yes. Interesting. See, I don't like. Uh, I'm. I like those movies. I don't know that I'm, you know, chomping at the bit for another one. Yeah, I think the first one was like people weren't really um, into. I mean, there's obviously people who love Star Trek. That's not that's not up for debate. But just when the movie came out, I think the wider general audience was like, "Oh, Star Trek movie, okay." And then it was really good. Like it was Chris Pine is really good in that role. You got Zachary Quinto who's really good as Spock, and so people were kind of like, "Oh wow, this is actually a really good cast." And it's a well, it's a well-made movie. Number two is not great, but mm. it got back to number three is pretty good because you have a motorbike on a space planet. I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah, like the thing is, like those movies, they visually they're like spectacular. Mm. It's just kind of, I don't, I don't know. It's just the universe isn't as interesting to me as a lot of other things that are out there. I mean, talk to Star Wars. They're going through the same problem. That's very true, actually. Uh, Mm. Star Wars and Star Trek, they always... You know, people never disagree about which one is better. Isn't that right? Uh, They never disagree. They're always just constantly just, you know what, no, you're right. You know what? You're right. You know what? Both are good. Both are good. <laughs> the, the second script is the one written by the Revenant writer, Mark L. Smith, uh, which sees Leo climb into another animal. No, it doesn't. It sees <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. This was the one that Quentin Tarantino was once down to direct. Um, and although the filmmaker has since left the project, the script is still being viable. Is still a viable option at Paramount using the script that he was going to use. And it is rumoured to be based on an episode of the classic Star Trek series that takes place largely earthbound in a 1930s gangster setting. Okay. Yes. So, hang, like, okay, as in, like, it's entirely set on Earth. Like, like on a... I can, I can, I must assume so. I, obviously, I'm not a big Trekkie myself, so it says it's largely earthbound in the 1930s. Time travel? Time travel, maybe. Uh, but that mm, 1930s is interesting because mm. you have like uh, you know mobsters and prohibition and shit like that. So, what does I mean? Does that fit into Star Trek? Is that the most interesting part of Star Trek? Is the <laughs> 1930s on Earth? 
would say that's the least interesting part of Star Trek. Because Star Trek's in space, and you can They're do anything. They're not even trekking through any stars. They're, no, like... They're trekking across Midtown Manhattan, I imagine. I mean, maybe the Hollywood Walk of Fame is there, but there's no stars being trekked over. But but was it there at the time? Also, that's... Like, you can't walk. Can you walk on that? You can walk on that, <laughs> I assume. It's a path, but still. Yeah. Um, the third and final script is that, that is under consideration is just Star Trek Four. Um, it is the continuation of the J.J. Abrams movies that would see Chris Hemsworth return to play Chris Pine's father in a time travel narrative. Um, okay, now, so in the 1930s? <laughs> Are we in the 1930s? Um, no, in, I, they're all set in 1930s. This is 1929, Good. so it's just a little bit before. It's just it's last week. The other one takes yeah, place on that, New Year's yeah. Day. Yeah. I'm... I, what do like you think I, of I, time travel that involves Chris Hemsworth? I mean, time travel seems very easy to do in Star Trek. You just fly through a black hole and you're grand. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, you're true. Yeah, and and, and I, I like I like Chris Hemsworth in a movie. True, uh, and him and Chris Pine going to get very confusing on the press tour. Can't wait. <laughs> oh my god, who's more handsome? What was your workout routine like for this one, Chris? I was talking to Pine. What if, right, what if, you know, Chris Hemsworth is Chris Pine's dad in this. Right. But in in the time that they time travel back to, Chris Hemsworth's dad is still alive. And it's Chris Evans as old Captain America. (laughs) Fucking hell. And then his brother is Chris Pratt somehow. Oh, get them all involved. Get the four Chrises into this. Oh, that's too many Chris's, surely. It's too... It's ridiculous. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Go back to the drawing board. We can't scrap the whole thing. We're going back to 1930s <laughs> prohibition. So they have three scripts going at once, but Sean, are you interested in any of them? No, or... not at all. <laughs> <laughs> what about 1930s? Of all of them, that one sounds different. Yeah, because it's Tarantino. So he's probably going to do something a bit weird. Exactly, yeah. But I don't also think that I would uh, go to the cinema to see any of them. I'd probably pay €30 Euro for them on Disney+, Plus, all right. I think probably leave it for maybe a decade and then try again. Yeah, like I'm... I'm uh, what? Because I think because the... I stopped watching the other movies after the second one. And I've kind of seen bits of the third one. Mm. But I think that second one just didn't... I was like, oh, okay, they've run out of things to do in this universe. So I just mentally (laughs) just dropped it. It's so weird, because I remember the hype after the first one being so high, and then the second one came out, and it just felt like the bottom completely fell over. Yeah. And people were just kind of like, ah, fucking hell, it's it's not great. No, the first one is class, and the second one is not class. Yeah, and I think people were just disappointed. Which, uh, there's a lot of movies that the first one is good and the second one isn't good. But then the third one has Star to be Wars, amazing. Star Wars, fight me. St- oh, fucking <laughs> 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 With, <laughs> Jokes, you're thinking, jokes. You're taking four and five or one and two? Look, or seven no, and eight? <laughs> I leave the order to whoever is listening to this. But I know for a fact that eight is the worst. <laughs> But and no, wait, five, no, is five is canonically the, the best. <laughs> no, five is the worst. Oh and god! Obviously, he said it. one is the best. And two somewhere in the middle. That's right. Two is somewhere in the best. 
Two is like it's gone to another level of best. <laughs> um, so yeah, they do have three scripts for Star Trek. I would say maybe leave all three of them alone. Come back to it in a few years when you feel confident. Because Take another if, run at it. If you can't pick one now, then I'm going to say they're probably all grand. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like if, if, you, if you're not nailing it down, just... Really sleep on it for a year or two. So, we're going to move on to possibly my favourite headline, or one of my favourite headlines we've ever done on Movie Mondays, just because sometimes you see a headline that's so obvious that you'd feel like it shouldn't be news. But Netflix have come out this week, and Mm. they have stated, we are actively looking for our own Star Wars, Harry Potter-esque movie franchise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well Ladida the most executive thing I've ever heard <laughs> we're looking for a movie series people like but I want to boil it down to numbers rather than just doing good movies we're hoping to invent a machine that prints money <laughs> yeah we have robots working on it. We have fed them Harry Potter and Star Wars. Hopefully they're going to come out with a big one soon enough. Like, but, but to break that down, like, mm. what what they're looking for there is, uh, you know, a deep world with a dedicated fan base. Yeah. And you you know you can just do that overnight. You can't just... That'll just... Like, that'll happen. <laughs> That just happened. Like, I love the idea that they're just like, that probably happened overnight for them. I'd say we could do that as well. If we just do one good movie on Netflix, we'll have a we'll have a dedicated fan base there to the ends of the earth with us. See, it's it's very interesting though, because Netflix's whole model is that they release something that garners a lot of attention very, very quickly. And then everyone finishes it at once. And then mm. they're not gonna go back to it. So yeah. uh, so then Netflix has to produce the next big thing. So people are always waiting for, oh, Netflix will put out something in a little while. But no one's being like... Like, I guess the closest they have is Stranger Things, in a lot of ways. But a lot of that is series, though, more so. That there's never a movie that people are waiting on, really, on Netflix. Like, Stranger Things is different because, as you said, like, that is a series. Yeah. And you can kind of do whatever you want. They're trying to build a movie franchise that's like Star Wars or Harry Potter. And the way they've they've said it, this is the quote from Tendo Nagenda. Uh, he is the vice president of original films at Netflix. And he okay. says, we're looking at big... Broad audience, broad audience, PG broad level audience. adventure films as something we want to get into. <laughs> so that's it's, it's they've looked at Star Wars and Harry Potter and they've just said this but different. <laughs> do, do this, just like going around to writers in Hollywood. Can you not just rewrite Star Wars or Harry Potter? Or like Indiana Jones or some sort of movie. Back to the Future's a good one. Here, could you just do a big amalgamation of all of those ones just that people like? smash them together. Smash them together and we'll see what happens. We don't have to think logically. Let's just throw them into the pot, see what comes out. I don't think this is the best tactic because I think it goes along the route of surely every studio is trying to make a Star Wars, Harry Potter-esque movie franchise. But that's what, like, 
that's what 2005 to 2015 was in a lot of ways because you had your Harry Potters and your Hunger Games and your Divergence and your Maze Runners and like, it was all yes. broad, like you know, fleshed out, well built worlds, but like packaged into at least a trilogy in most cases. Usually, mm. with the last part of the trilogy being split into two films. Hey, that's a classic. That is uh, the, sorry, the war is too big. We can't fit it into one. Yeah. So, no matter what the 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 first half is going to end disappointingly. Because they they have all the setup, but none of the payoff. Yeah, yeah, part part one is just talking. It's just nonstop. Like, oh, we're gonna get him tomorrow. Oh, we're yeah. gonna get him. And then at the end, they're just looking in the mirror, like, yeah, we're about to get him. Yeah, it ends with, and here he is. And then it cuts <laughs> he's the just credits. coming around now. <laughs> Pull out your swords. So and like, look, that's the way it was for a very long time. Now it's largely been replaced by, you know. Superhero movies, really. Um, mm. But, uh, like, to just say, oh, we want to make this series, is, it's it's kind of setting yourself up to fail, because now everyone knows, oh, this is just a marketing and a business decision that they're making, because mm. they know this will make them money. So now they're going to judge and- it really harshly when it does come out. Also, his next line was something along the lines of the first Star Wars or Harry Potter 1 and 2. A lot of family live-action fantasy spectacle movies that we think are big and can play great to the audiences. A Jumanji type of story. That is the next frontier for Netflix. Fucking hell. So it's family adventure. It just... It seems like it's going to be written... Through a survey, yeah, and it's it's gonna be, it, it it is broad appeal at its worst, I think, because it's going. And if like, you're trying to build this, you definitely will not build it. No, not at all. But look at look at his examples. Like, if you were to pitch Star Wars today, that is a hard fucking sell. Sure, George Lucas barely got Star Wars made the first time around. It was only because he was friends with Spielberg, <laughs> <laughs> and like. Harry Potter was this, like, you know, it was a massive global phenomenon, and the first book sold incredibly well. But J.K. Rowling, who, let's be honest, not a great person, but she, the story always goes, oh, they kept rejecting her. Like, nobody would take a chance on this book. Yeah, it went through something like 40 publishers or something like that. Yeah, whatever the story is. And then she got it sold, and of course, then you have all the books, became the biggest books in the world, and then they did the movies. So there's always a story of, it just barely got made, and then it became massive. Which I think, I think the story of, it barely got made, gets added to the lore afterwards. Like, oh, we nearly didn't have this. Yeah, because that makes a good story. Exactly, and so it's all part of the lore of the whole thing. But if Netflix are looking to build it from the ground up, I don't think you can do that. I think it's a strange thing where everything has to happen right at once, but if you're looking for it, then you definitely would fight it. Because there's a, there's a lot of studios that are trying to build the next Star Wars, but they cannot... Re- Even Star Wars can't do the next Star Wars. <laughs> so how are Netflix going to do it? But the thing is, is that... Like, the next big thing already exists and has been written, and it's in someone's drawer and it'll never be read. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just the way the industry works, is that there's so much creative people out there 
but also studios are they're doing this shit where they think oh let's just analyse trends and make films around that and, and I think Netflix they're always trying to expand because they have the TV series genre locked down the documentaries and all that they're now they're de- they're like they're dying to get into this movie thing. Like, they have movies, but there's never, like, Bird Box. Like, they have movies on Netflix. Yeah. But it's not... Marriage Story. and It's, it's not the level they want. No, like, once they... If they crack that, it's going to be unreal. Yeah, they'll have... There'll be no competition left. Um, and so, we're moving on to our next piece of news. And this is one of my favourite news stories in that it's an old show that they're doing a movie for that nobody wants. Oh, this is the Knight Rider. Oh, <laughs> Knight yes. Rider movie is happening with producer James Wan. <laughs> J- James Wan is doing it? <laughs> yes, he's producing it. Okay, so Knight Rider, uh, <laughs> who... It's a show about a talking car named Kit. And yes. David Hasselhoff driving the car around. Playing Michael Knight. Michael Knight, the Knight Rider, if you will. Yes. And but but it's just it's <laughs> it's baffling because at its at its core it's just a man with a very good car. He just he goes from from real fast. So and do you make an, a two hour movie out of that? Maybe. I mean, they're making a Tetris movie, but then I have this one question. Does the Hasselhoff, does the Hoff return? Because they're looking, if they're looking for sales in Germany, I'd bring the Hoff in. May I see, or do you introduce the Hoff as kind of like a Q character that he passes oh. the car on to someone? <laughs> but there's a few fucking miles in that boy. I'd get that engine checked. I, d- I don't know how you, like... Who do you get to replace David Hasselhoff? Because he's not the oldest man in the world, but he's also not like Michael Knight. No, I don't think so. I think I'm sure he looks fine. I'm sure he looks very well for his age, but I don't know if he's still Michael Knight. Yeah, he could be Michael Knight, and maybe he has a son, John Knight, um, and John takes over. I don't know. Do you know There's there were no four? Th- sorry, there were four Knight Rider series. Fuck off. Yeah, you had Knight Rider. Uh, then you had Code yeah. of Vengeance. Uh, then you had Team Knight Rider, and finally <laughs> Knight Rider. Now the interesting thing is, is that Team Knight Rider finished in 1998, right? And then after that, you had Knight Rider again, the same as the original series' name, but it only ran from 2008 to 2009. In the last 15 years, there's been a Knight Rider series. Yeah, in the last oh 12. My God! <laughs> Holy shit! Um, and it was 20 so when, years after the last series had started. <laughs> the, the original series, as we said, was centred on a man named Michael Knight. And this is the plot they give. After getting shot in the face, he decides to dedicate his life to fighting for justice. A self-made billionaire by the name of Wilton Knight hires him to lead his Knight Foundation's public justice organisation. Uh, this includes developing Kit, a.k.a. Knight Industries 2000. Because everything back then, once it had the name 2000 in it, it was immediately cool. 
Um, 2000X to the max, it was mostly called. Uh, this super-powered, intelligent Pontiac Trans Am is capable of driving 300 miles per hour, in addition to being bulletproof, fireproof, and capable of talking. William Daniels voiced the car, which aids Michael in fighting various injustices around the world. Now... Is this as interesting in a world where we have self-driving cars and borderline AI? That's a very good point because I don't think it's as interesting because back then they were like, by the time 2005 comes along, the whole world will have kits. Exactly. And it was, you know, Michael Knight would be getting the shit kicked out of him. And then who comes (laughs) screaming around the corner but Kit driving itself. Literally screaming. It's just the horn going. <laughs> ah! Fuck it up. But like it's 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 less interesting now because it's just like, oh that's a self driving car. He gave Elon Musk a load of money. Oh, Elon Musk would be in this. He's that's absolutely if the, he should be cast as the villain. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to Tesla's the villain. Obviously. Nikola Tesla's the villain, yes. Nikola Tesla has come back from the dead and he is the villain. <laughs> oh my god, movie. zombie Tesla. <laughs> no, it's Elon Musk driving a Tesla and he has the voice of <laughs> Mr. Tesla in his car telling him what to do. Oh my god, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, Just that... imagine him. Elon Musk be like, let's go to space. Well, that's all <laughs> we like, need on, for man. two hours of a film. <laughs> It's just both cars as fast as each other, just ramming into each other with their wheels spinning, and neither of them are moving an inch. Like, it's I don't I don't know if I think this will be the same level of like Charlie's Angels, like the one that came out recently. That it's just it's not going to do well at all. I think even Charlie's Angels had a bit more to it because at least that had uh, Cameron Diaz two thousand and one f series or trilogy. True, like. This has literally nothing backing it up. No, it's like it's Knight Rider is a product. It's a very much a product of the eighties, I think, and it should stay Knight Rider there. came, made a massive impact, and then just left forever. <laughs> even though you told me it was there in two thousand nine, I still do not believe you. Even though Wikipedia has told me that. Uh, no, I just knew that off the top of my head, Connor. Oh, you you were the producer for the show. <laughs> and the lead actor. I'm Kate. And James Wan is involved. So, I mean, it's got to be good. That Yeah, like, it's an interesting choice. Now, he's a producer, so let's... You know, it's not like he's directing it or anything. Mm, that's true. But I'm sure James Wan wouldn't sign that up to shit. That, that's true. And, like, Aquaman is probably up there for best DC movie. Best DC movie ever, other than maybe Suicide Squad or Justice League. Oh, harsh words. <laughs> Which is a better movie, Justice League or uh, Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace. Which is a better movie, Justice League or Star Wars 2? <laughs> the best one. Star Wars 2. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Very harsh words for the best movie everyone's ever ever seen. Um, We're finishing off. Star Wars 2. Star Wars 2. We're finishing off this week's Movie Mondays with the news that Captain Marvel 2 has found its director. Uh, Nia DaCosta will be directing the sequel to the movie. She will be the first black female director of a Marvel movie. Sean, she is evolved. 
in yeah. the upcoming Candyman horror movie that has been written by Jordan Peele. So she's directing that movie, um, and now she's been brought in to direct this movie. What do you think about this news? That's an amazing choice. Uh, I didn't mm. know the, the news that she's directing the new Jordan Peele one, but that is... like I think that's a enough of a CV for anyone. You know, mm. because... Um, like... What, how, do you know what she's done before this? Um, as I said, see, a lot of it, she's helmed Little Woods, which starred Tessa Thompson and Lily James. Uh, she also directed a lot of the third series of Top Boy um, on Netflix. So, I mean, there's she has a lot of um, stuff behind. Like, Top Boy has got very good reviews. Yeah. And so she's involved in that. But in regards to, like, massive Marvel-level movies, not so much. Candyman is kind of her thing that's coming out. Um, she's also going to be helped by uh, the writer of One Division, uh, Megan McDonald. She will also be writing the script. So you have the writer for One Division, Megan McDonald, and you have Nia DaCosta directing the film. That's really interesting because having, you know, two people heavily involved in separate separate projects, really, but then they're coming together. It kind of it sets everything. Um, how do I say this? I'm, Connor, I'm blanking. Okay. Um, speak, talk is all true. This. What are you, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that like they're two separate projects, but the Marvel universe is so connected anyway that having the two people work on the same project, mm. then I suppose oh. just enhances it. It it makes it more. Um, it it completes the circle in a weird way. Like in it, they, people will know where they're going. Like if, if Meg McDonald has been involved in one division, she is very involved in this universe that they are going to be trying to build for the next phase, and so that will help and inform her when she starts writing Captain Marvel, which is not no longer set in the nineteen nineties. Captain Marvel is in the present day, so anything that happens in it will affect other movies in that phase. Yeah, and I think, like, Marvel as a company, I'm sure they're watching all up-and-coming directors, like, people who are fairly new on the scene, and they've clearly seen... as we said, James Gunn, what had he done before that? Slither or whatever? Yeah, Slither. Scooby-Doo too? Taika Waititi, like, he was involved in some projects, but that was his first big film. Like to the ma- to the, that bit, that level. Yeah. So, like, they're they're very good at finding talent, mm. and clearly they've seen something that they like in this director. And yeah, I fully like. I also I watched Captain Marvel, the first Captain Marvel, the other day. Uh, yeah. It it holds up. It's better than I thought it was when I saw it in cinemas. I think we both see it and we said, yeah, it's it's grand. Like, and that's not bad, that's just, I mean, there's some good bits, and there's some bits that are fine, like, it's a solid 7 out of 10 movie, like, the, you have Captain Marvel, you've got Ant-Man, like, I wouldn't say Ant-Man is great, but, like, what you need is those movies that are 7s to get you to Endgame. Yeah. That is the 10, you, you need the setups. Yeah, but I've, like, I'm excited for the sequel even more now, I think, after watching it, after... Because a lot of the Marvel movies I've seen more than once, except for Captain Marvel until recently. Mm. And just, you get, I think you get more out of a lot of them when you rewatch them. But, Sean, I have a very interesting question that the internet has been begging me to ask you. Okay. 
and it's it's this simple and I, I really think it's it's very in-depth and it's very subtle but I don't know if she's any good What if, but because she's a girl like she can't direct things Sean if she's a girl what do you think? Uh, I think that's <laughs> Connor <laughs> oh, Connor Connor what are you doing? <laughs> what, what, are, you what, doing? Have, what have you brought to this show today? <laughs> There's there's definitely some Twitter trend where like so she's a girl. How is she meant to be directing a movie? What are you talking about? Just, Come on now. It it's like it, also. Let's be honest. She's going to direct Candyman, and she's probably going to win an Academy Award for it. Oh, that's going to do real well. That's going to be like on. It's going to be unbelievably good. Yeah. Uh, so. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't uh, I? Wouldn't doubt her abilities and, at all. There, and there's a girl writing it. I don't want women writing words. This is ah, oh, this is outrageous. Bring back Yon Rog. <laughs> Bring. Where are all the men in Hollywood? When is it the man's turn to shine? <laughs> Damn them! They've taken it all from us, Sean. One day someone's going to cut this show out of context, and we're going to say yeah. it's awful. Yeah, no, I just think just keep adding to this shit because they already hate um, Brie Larson. Like mm. they already think she, like the, the internet hates her for no reason. She, I'm sure she's a lovely woman. That's, they've just decided um, that they do. It's really unfair. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I from everything I've seen of her, she's she's very charming. She's a very nice lady. <laughs> and yeah, she so, has a vlog now or something. Yeah, I think I think she's pretty good in that. Um, but they just decided they didn't like her, so I just keep think keep adding to those guys because we know the certain people we're talking about here. Um, but keep adding to this just to really annoy them. Tell them the whole production staff are not white guys. everybody there is not a white guy they will lose their shit they will panic and they deserve (laughs) what are you talking about what will we do (laughs) there's no jobs for us (laughs) oh jesus yeah it's not going to be the best of comments that'll be going around but look no um, it is meant to it's said to come out in 2022 July 8th so I'm very much looking forward to Captain Marvel 2 let's see what they can do like the first one is grad I think it can only go up because now you have Captain Marvel in that world you've already set her up she's already fought Thanos a little bit so she's got a bit of a backing to her so the next way you can kind of go all out and you give her an enemy who's just fucking badass. Yeah, like that, I think that was just, what we said in the review. Is that, like, it was hampered by being an origin story, and it kind of had to be. All origin stories are a bit meh. Like, you can't do it. Iron Man, I think, is great. But I think that's the exception rather than the rule. A lot of origin stories are just like, let's get from A to B to C, let's give them their powers. Okay, now we go to the big boss, who is weirdly always just a mirror image of the hero. Yeah, it's it's a formula, and it has to be done. But like, I think the second one, you can really shine a lot of the time. I think so. Um, so yeah, that is the news that Nia DaCosta is down to direct. And I think fucking amazing. Like, first black female director of a Marvel movie. Keep Let's bring everybody in, who cares? 
Fucking hell, let's just keep yeah, going. Bring they in don't all people. have to be white guys. <laughs> no, people with different like backgrounds can have very interesting insights on how to make movies differently. They might even make a movie good. <laughs> imagine Who knows? It. Imagine that, imagine, a good movie. Imagine, but now back to Citizen Kane. <laughs> no, um, that is it for this week's Movie Monday, Sean. What a week. Actual news this week. It was good. Actual news. Yes. Um, do you want to take us out? Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We'll be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you, of course, goes to all of our patrons who support us over on Patreon. Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson. You are all fantastic people and thank you all so, so much for supporting the show. Um, as I said, there's a link in the description or it's patreon.com slash here's for your podcast if you want to join those fine people. We're also on all of the social medias. They're all linked in the description or you can email us heroesforhire underscore at outlook.com. But the best way you can ever support the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Mm. Just the one, please. Please. Please? Please. No, seriously, please. They'll kill my family. Please. Just the one. I'll kill his family. (laughs) (laughs) I'll kill... (laughs) Yeah, by day I meant Sean. (laughs) But uh, I think that's about it, Connor. Yeah. Uh, So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mead. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 